Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, the anarchist world this week. Don't despair. We will be here during the festive season. We'll be here every Wednesday or whatever time and day this program plays on your local community radio station. This program is broadcast via 3CR in Melbourne. It's broadcast courtesy of the Community Radio Network. It's streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast for a number of weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. It was good to meet a number of uh, podcasters from uh, the Katoomba region a few days ago. So on the weekend, that was good to see. Okay, now, for the listeners everywhere, we will try, we will try once again to make sense of our world. Well, their world. It's not... Your world, is it? You don't have three held title to it, do you? Well, anyway, Anarchy is all about Anarchy Society. is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures, based on equal decision-making. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Why these concepts? Very simple. Anarchism is about creating a society without rulers. What gives rulers power? Well... Hierarchy and money. Very simple. So anarchism is about breaking down hierarchy, creating institutional structures which reflect that breakdown in hierarchy and direct direct democracies is one mechanism of doing that and holding wealth in common to ensure everybody, not just a small minority, you know, uh, shares in the Commonwealth. You do live in the Commonwealth of Australia. You might have realised Commonwealth of Australia, supposedly, you know. Now... Today, today we will look at a few things, nothing particularly fascinating or interesting, but we are looking at a few things. Now, I'd like to start off with public interest before corporate interest. Yes, I can see you all saying, no, not them again. Well, public interest before, before corporate interest is growing and growing and growing. Membership has topped 400 if you haven't received your membership card, don't despair. You'll receive it within the next week. We've actually got a backlog of memberships to process. That's how good you know, the local branches are working. 
Now, just in case you live in a Melbourne town, or Hastings, sorry, just in case you live in Hastings, which is out on the Victorian, you know, the peninsula somewhere. Now, the Hastings branch of Pipsy has initiated a meeting at the Hub on Thursday the 10th of December at 7pm, and that's at 1,973 Frankston Flinders Road, in Hastings, and it is to initiate ongoing action and activities in the borough of Hastings for 2016. So they're looking ahead to 2016 because they know, I know, you know, the public interest before corporate interest will become one of the most important mechanisms via which people in this country will be able to articulate their ideas, get involved in direct action and parliamentary action in order to ensure that the public interest is always put the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, cultural, environmental and national costs. I mean, it's quite extraordinary that we now see the state play handmaiden to the corporate sector. Quite extraordinary. So public interest before corporate interest, as I said, membership is now top 400. It's growing daily. We encourage you to join as soon as possible. The more members we have, the more powerful we will become. And I can assure you that in 2016, public interest before corporate interest will be making the headlines for all the right reasons. And those right reasons are very simple. To ensure that public education, public health, public arts, public infrastructure, you know, public institutions always take precedence over corporate interests. Now, if you want to join, there's a number of ways you can do it. It's very simple. Have a look at the membership list. Read it. If you're happy with the constitutional framework, join. You don't have to be on the electoral roll to join, although we need 500 people on the electoral roll to register as a federal political party. But if you're not on the electoral roll, we still welcome you because we know many activists have been browned off for a number of years with the uh, the concept of uh, electoral politics, especially representative democracy, where you give a representative a signed blank check to make decisions for you for the next three to four years without actually having the ability to uh, contain that. So this is about becoming active. It doesn't matter if you're 99 or 19. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you're on the electoral roll. It doesn't matter if you're a resident or a citizen or just... One of four, five, seven days. Interested in putting public interest before corporate interest? Have a look at our membership form. You can do it a number of ways. You can go to the website, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. You can go have a look at the Facebook page. Just put in public interest before corporate interests and hey presto, there it is. You can download the application form from pibci dot net. You can email us at info at P-I-B-C-I dot net. And if you're not computer literate, and almost 35, 33% of our members have nothing to do with the virtual world, you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, 
Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, and we'll send you an application form. Or you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. Leave your contact details and we'll get back to you. Or if you leave an address, we'll send you the application form. So as I said, membership has reached 400. Hopefully it'll be 500 within the next few weeks. And hopefully by the end of February at the very latest, we'll have 500 members on the federal electoral roll. So now's the time. You've been saying to yourself, I'm going to do something in 2005. 2005 has nearly come to an end. You've done nothing. Don't despair. 2006 is an election year. I don't expect an election till late next year. And the important thing is that if you become part of PIPSI, you become part of a growing umbrella group, a growing group of people who are sick and tired of seeing the power, parliamentary power, usurped by non accountable corporations whose major responsibility is to increase profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That's what it's all about. And if you think things are going to get better in 2016, maybe if you're part of the investment class, things will be all right. Maybe if you're part of the corporate class, things will be all right. But if you... That 80% of Australian society, whether you're working for a wage or uh, working for yourself, or uh, on on some type of social security benefit, don't forget, things are not going to get better for you, and they won't. And remember, remember one thing, remember one thing, you can't rely on the traditional political parties to push your barrow, you can't rely on the state to push your barrow, you can't rely on the media to push your barrow, you can't rely on your, your religious affiliations to push your barrow, We are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. So join Pipsy today and become part of a mass movement which is going to have a significant impact in this country in 2016. Next, I'd like to thank all those people who joined us for the Eureka celebrations in Ballarat from 4am to 10pm. There were a lot of new faces, a lot of old faces. It was a great day. A number of decisions were made. Obviously, we'll be repeating the event at uh, in 2016 for the 162nd uh, anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion, which will be on the, on Saturday. That's right, Saturday the 3rd of December. So pop in Saturday. Great day. You've got no excuse if you're working. Pop in. But uh, more importantly, we're having a meeting at the Ballarat Trades Hall in Camp Street in Ballarat, and I'll tell you more about that, at 2pm on uh, Saturday the uh, 4th of June. And it's all about pushing the Ballarat City Council to fly the Eureka flag on the main flagpole on top of the uh, Ballarat City Hall. Never in the history, never in the history of Ballarat has the Eureka flag been flown on the main flagpole. Not for the 100th anniversary celebrations, not for the 150th anniversary celebrations, not for the 161st anniversary celebrations which are held on the 3rd of December. And there's one thing about Ballarat. It is a city which trades on its radical past. It's a city which uses the symbols of its radical past to push, to push its bottom line. 
but when it comes to honouring those men and women involved in the Eureka Rebellion and honour those people who are buried in the mass grave in the old Ballarat Cemetery, they are missing in action and we have had enough. And next year, in the next month or so, we'll be launching a petition uh, which we're hoping to get thousands of people to sign to get the uh, flag flown on the main flagpole. We'll be holding a large public meeting on the uh, 4th of June and most likely we'll be asking people of Ballarat to actually stand as candidates at the council elections later on in the year to uh, bring this matter to the public's attention. It is it is shameful, totally shameful that this occurs. Now, I could go on about this, but I'm not because we will conduct a very efficient, effective campaign beginning early next year to ensure that a city that profits from its radical past honours its dead. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the community radio network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. You might find out what we're doing. Go to anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. Uh, you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052 or give us a call on 0439 395 489. Now, don't forget, this Sunday, 12 to... I think it's 12 to 4 p.m., the West Papuan Rent Collective will be holding a end-of-year break-up party, just like we used to do at school fascinating guest speakers but it actually won't be at the office in Collins Street it'll actually be held at the art gallery what art gallery the art gallery of the Catholic University which I think is the 26 Brunswick Street in Fitzroy uh, there's a there is a activities going on all week as far as West Papua independence is concerned it was good to see the West Papua activists once again turn up for the Eureka celebrations and once again provide entertainment for the Eureka dinner that night. It's always good to see our brothers and sisters in struggle, you know, join us for those Eureka celebrations. And the least we can do is actually, uh, you know, uh, organise a rent collective to pay f- for rent for their offices, which are in uh, Collins Street in Melbourne. So, you know, you're more than welcome. You don't have to be a, me- a member of the rent collective to uh, go to any of these events. You don't have to be a member of the Red Collective to come to the Christmas party or the festive season party or the end-of-year break-up, whatever you like, at at the Australian Catholic University Art Gallery at 26 Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. And if you're having trouble buying a gift for the person who has everything, why don't you buy them a membership to the West Papuan Rent Collective? You can annoy the Australian government. You can annoy the Indonesian government. You can annoy the Department of Immigration. You know, you can annoy all these people by being a member of the Rent Collective. Very simple. $30 a month, $360 a year. We need your support to keep this office open. Since the opening of this office, it's given West Papua activists a global, global point via which they're actually able to organise their activities to promote the cause of West Papua independence. And if you think things are all right, think again. West West Papua's Independence Day is the 1st of December. Once again, people were shot and killed 
across West Papua for attempting to raise the West Papua independence flag. And over 200 activists were arrested in Jakarta, West Papua activists, you know, because they were involved in a little bit of a uh, celebration. So if you think, if you think the Indonesian authorities are going to let West Papua go, think again. This is an exceptionally mineral-rich country. It has extraordinary national resources in terms of uh, the types of forests which are being logged. It has extraordinary rich seas around it. This is a province which the West Papuan government will... Sorry, which the Indonesian government is not keen to let go of. This is a province where over half a million people have died within 200 kilometres of Darwin over the last 60 years in that uh, struggle for West Papua independence. So think about it. Join the Rent Collective. It's the best thing you'll do for 2016. If you've got somebody who's got everything or doesn't need anything, this is a great gift. It entitles them to come to three uh, gatherings a year in the in the office or uh, another place. Uh, it, it entitles you to you know put your hand in your heart and say I'm doing the right thing via West, the West Papua Independence Movement. Let's move on. Do you feel like a bunny? Do you feel like a bunny? Do you feel like a kangaroo in a spotlight, looking, waiting for that fatal shot? Well, I do. I think most Australians should feel the same. I'll tell you why. And as I said before, they've got four classes, well, four major classes in Australian society. You've got the corporate class, the one percenters, you know, those people in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations which are making hay while squeezing their workforce. Then you've got the investment class, you know, the backbone, the backbone of the Conservatives in the Liberal National Party and the ALP, the backbone, you know, the investment class. These are the 20% of Australians who rely on investments to, you know, make a buck. And they are the privileged. They are God's chosen children. They are God's chosen children. And I'll tell you why they're God's chosen children. Because the laws that have been passed in this country since the demise of the Whitlam Labor government in 1975 have all been about creating an investment class. If you've got the disposable income to buy a second home, you can get a legal legitimate tax deduction through negative gearing. You've got, you've got the money, you've got the assets to borrow money to play on the stock market, well, you can wipe off your losses legally from your tax bill. And the list goes on and on. And it goes on and on. Now, the single most important issue of 2015 is an issue which only has transient exposure in the mass media. Transient exposure. And that is corporate taxation. Like I said, while we're bunnies. Now, if you've got the richest people in this country, the richest corporations in this country, like Chevron, paying minimal taxation or no taxation, or like Rupert Murdoch getting an $886 million tax refund in 2013 while making hundreds of millions of dollars of profit, well, somebody suffers. It's simple. Now, when people start to suffer, they start to complain. 
and this is what we're seeing. As the screws have been put on the social security system, as the screws have been put on single parents, as the screws have been put on the disabled, as the screws have been put on the unemployed, as granny can't get her hip replacement in a public hospital, as your children's education in the public education field becomes more and more difficult, people start to complain. They start to put two and two together. They start to become interested in organisations like public interest before corporate interests. They start to stop working up the right channels. They start thinking about some type of change being necessary, irrespective of what the corporate-owned media does or the government guild at ABC does, irrespective of the wall-to-wall propaganda which passes as commentary in this country on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Irrespective, people's everyday reality tells them that change is not only needed but necessary. I'm not talking about the investment class. I'm not talking about the corporate class. I am talking about the working class in this country, the traditional working class that works for themselves and doesn't employ labour or is employed and is a pay-as-you-earn taxpayer, and those 33% of Australians who continue to rely on Social Security benefits to survive. That's who I'm talking about. And as the pressure increases in that section of society, the, the pressure for change increases. And this change that's going to occur is a little bit like a lava flow. It's not a tsunami. When you have a tsunami, everything's destroyed and then rebuilt in the same fashion. It's different with a lava flow. You change the landscape. We are going to change the landscape of this society. Whether you think I'm hallucinating or not, we will change the landscape of this society because it needs to be changed. And we, the people we've been waiting for, will be responsible for that change in the next, you know, few decades, in the next few years, not decades, the next few years. Now, coming back to what I was saying, here we are, here we are on the verge of major radical social change. And what do we have in our society? Diversions, diversions, diversions. You know, we're told the enemy is the Muslim. The enemy is the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. The enemy is a dull bludger. The enemy is the single parent. The enemy is the disabled pensioner. These who these are the enemies. These are the people who are marginalised, lampooned, you know, used to divide us. Well there's only one enemy. There is only one enemy. There is only one enemy. And that enemy is those that own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. They are the ones who prevent radical change. And if you think the corporate-owned media, whether it's Fairfax or Murdoch or whoever, is going to you know, fight your battles for you, think again. They may be interested in peripheral issues, but when it comes to the central issues about power and wealth, there is no interest in any debate because everybody knows how the script is written. And it's very simple. Those with power and wealth will continue to exercise that power and wealth and fought the will of the people in Parliament because they have bought our political parties 
and use them for their own ends to promote their interests. And the current debate about the GST is a classic. It's a classic of how things work. As I said before, people are getting restless. The mining boom has collapsed. Income has de- government income has decreased. Welfare uh, responsibilities have increased. Responsibilities to the citizens of this country and residents has increased. Government, but there aren't the resources. So what would you do in 2015, 2016? What would anybody with one synapsing neuron do? They would actually look at the taxation system and say, who isn't paying their fair share? On every indicator, it's corporate Australia. We'll use every trick in the book both legal and illegal in some cases, in order to minimise their contribution to the Australian people. And that's what taxation is. It's their contribution to the Australian people. It's their contribution to the Australian way of life. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. That's what it is. So instead of introducing, say, a 1% turnover tax in order to collect the billions of dollars which are necessary to ensure that things continue to function, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? We have this phony debate about the GST, that we need to increase the goods and services tax. And who does the goods and services tax impact on? It impacts on those with least, who have the least, who have less. That's who it impacts on. Not the big end of town. Not business, because you can claim your GST is a business expense. So although business pays GST, they claim it as a business expense and get a discount on their tax. Simple. You could do a number of things. You could actually stop. just takes one little passage in Parliament. One little thing. You could actually stop. GST being reclaimed by businesses as an expense. And if you want to protect small business, you could limit, say, to $500,000 turnover. If your business is less than a $500,000 turnover, well, then you claim your GST as an expense. If your business is more than a $500,000 turnover, and that's corporate Australia, you can't claim your GST as a tax deduction. That would raise $40 billion dollars. You don't need to increase the GST. All you need to do is change the legislation governing the current GST arrangements to say any corp, any any businesses with a turnover of more than five hundred thousand can't claim GST as a business expense. You can think of a one percent, as I said, turnover tax. You can think of a tax on the stock market in terms of turnover on the stock market. If you buy or sell more than $10,000 worth of shares in any one day, pay a 1% stock market turnover tax. You could resolve 
resolve the issues regarding social security payments, public education, public health, public infrastructure, you know, public arts. You could resolve the funding issue tomorrow without revolutionary change, without any major reforms, just a simple tinkering of the Tax Act, which needs a majority in both Houses and Parliament. So why don't we see corporate Australia being taken up and exposed for what they are? Because their mates in the corporate media and the government guild at ABC benefit from the same legislation. So those of you who you know, like the Fairfax media because it's got, you know, it's progressive on a number of social issues, important social issues, think again. Think again. Think again. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, you know, comedians come in many shapes and sizes. Now, I've never been a comedian, I never will be. But I think Tony Abbott is the best comedian the country has ever seen every time he opens his mouth I laugh and I couldn't help it when I saw that young Tony the ex-prime minister the man rolled by his own party because you know he couldn't be trusted to win the next election for them and everybody's disposable in the Murdoch empire given a bit of space in one of Murdoch's little rags the Daily Telegraph to tell us how he thinks the problem is Islam. Not Islamic fundamentalism, but Islam. And that people who follow an Islamic religious position should change, should have a reformation like the Christians did. And I'm thinking, Tony, Tony, what's going on here? Do you really understand the hypocrisy that's flowing out of your mouth? Here we have one of the most conservative Catholic apologists in politics in this country, a man who would have fought the Reformation tooth and nail, a man whose very actions as Prime Minister did everything they could to protect, you know, those uh, religious institutions which were responsible for so much misery for so many decades, a man who would have never held the Royal Commission into institutionalised sex abuse, you know, in this country. Never. Never in a million years would have put his little mate Cardinal Pearl through the trouble he's going to go through next week. A man who would never do that. Now telling Muslims how to run their religion, that they need a reformation. Come on, Tony. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. This is the most hypocritical statement I've ever seen. But you don't hear about that, do you? You don't read about it, see it, in the corporate-owned media, the government guild at ABC. You know, the hypocrisy of all this. Now, me, as far as I'm concerned, people with religious beliefs, you know, if they want to believe that there are there's heaven and hell, you want to believe that you can get 30, you know, what's 36 virgins by you know, sacrificing yourself to your God. If you think you're going to be reincarnated, you know, as some wonderful thing if you've been good in this life and a little insect if you haven't, well, that's your belief. I don't care. 
I really don't care what you believe. But when you try to tell me that that's my belief, when you try to tell me that we all should think in that way, that we all should genuflex in the same way, that we all should pray five times a day, uh uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. Because the Reformation, the Reformation which occurred in the Christian church, which so our mate Tony Abbott keeps talking about, didn't occur from inside the church, it occurred from outside the church. It occurred from elements in society who felt the institutions were so corrupt they were incapable of reform. And the separation of the powers of the church and state, which was central to the Christian Reformation, were based on secular radical activists, you know, campaigning and paying the ultimate price by being burnt at the stake for articulating their ideas and agitating for change. So to see one of the most conservative Catholics on this in this country tell Muslims how to run their religion is the height of hypocrisy. Not that I have any track with the authoritarian elements in any religion, including the Muslim religion. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Want to learn more about anarchism? Go to anarchistmedia.org. Want to learn more about what we're doing? Go to anarchistmedia.org. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Leave pleasant messages on 0439 395 489. Let's move on. Because it's fascinating, isn't it? It's fascinating to see how both government and opposition and the Greens, how they think that you're going to have economic change and economic reform in this country. It's all about innovation, entrepreneurs. Innovation and entrepreneurs, isn't it? Here we have government money basically being made by private organisations who will be using public resources like CSIRO and the universities to augment their bottom line. And we call this innovation, allowing the barbarians to come inside the universities allowing the barbarians to manipulate research to suit their bottom line. Because remember, corporations and businesses have only one responsibility. Don't get sucked in by this, you know, uh, the uh, the good corporate citizen. I mean, the classic was Chevron, wasn't it? That was the bloody classic. Last week or the week before, now Chevron, for years, I think it was two years, had a consistent public campaign, radio, television, telling us what wonderful corporate citizens they were. How they were almost, almost godlike. How they, the public interest was their central, central concern. And how they were so good to their employees. And what do we see? And what do we see? They pay $257 in tax. I think they've just been fined $250 million by the ATO. The ATO is trying to collect a bit of money. So there's this perception, all this perception about corporations and businesses, you know, 
having responsibilities to the state, to the nation, to culture, you know, to the people, to the environment, and the list goes on and on. What a load of crap. What a total load of crap. You know, giving businesses incentives to use public institutions to maximise their profits is ludicrous. It's not going to increase jobs. It's not going to create an innovative nation. All it creates is a divided nation, which will where we'll see business and corporate interests ransack, ransack public institutions for their own personal gain. Gets better. You know, it really gets better. I mean, see, that's the, that's the beauty when you have a corporate-owned media and a government guild at ABC. You get one viewpoint. We don't need North Korean the North Korean Workers' Party here in Australia to tell us what to think. We have the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC. You look at the alternatives that are possible. Look at them all. On every issue, one or two crop up every week, every month, every year, year in, year in, year out. We never see the other alternatives. How about, instead of wasting a billion dollars on this so-called innovation fund, which is about giving businesses money to ransack public institutions for their own personal good, how about using 1% of the trillion dollars which sits in this country's superannuation funds to act as seeding funding for cooperatives and collectives? A third mechanism by which to expand the economy and provide decent jobs to people. You don't get rich working in a cooperative and collective. You're never going to be the CEO with a $2 billion, you know, $50 million payout. But it provides education. It provides public infrastructure. It provides employment. It provides training. But nobody's going to lend to a cooperative or collective in our capitalist-driven society. You could change the whole economy tomorrow. You got an idea? You make an application. You have people look at it. You get a bit of seeding funding. The idea grows. You get a bit more seeding funding. Before you know it, you're employing people. Before you know it, you're producing goods that are needed locally. I'll give you an example. This is how crazy things have become. Um... I think about two weeks ago, it was a hot day, and I went into a service station and bought an ice block, a $2.50 ice block. You know, a bit of cordial, frozen, an ice block, okay? Simple. And being one of these, you know, anal retentive people that reads the labels, I read the label just to see what the ingredients were. Yeah, they were bad for me, which I understood. And then I kept reading and said, made in China for Unilever. Excuse me. Here we are in Australia. I think it's 6,000 kilometres from China, or 7,000 kilometres. I'm eating a $2.50 ice block, which is made in China. I've got nothing about against the Chinese making ice blocks. Why would you have a carbon footprint of 7,000 kilometres so that I can eat 
an ice block. Why can't we make ice blocks in this country? And it's simple, because it's cheaper. It's cheaper for the corporate world to exploit Chinese labour and then bring across these ice blocks here and sell them here than it would actually be to get locals who get a decent wage to make these ice blocks in Australia. And that's the key, isn't it? The key is making a buck. And you make a buck any way you can. You have no responsibility to the nation-state, not even the responsibility of paying taxes. It's quite extraordinary. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. And that's the beauty about it as the year draws to a close. There's even more extraordinary things happening. I understand that two members of the CFMEU in Victoria now faced court yesterday or the day before on blackmailing charges. Serious charges, you'd think. Very serious charges. Now, look, it's not my job to comment on the charges, but wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice for once in a blue moon to see some corporation or some executive board member or some CEO turn up in court on the fact that somebody has died in their employment because of their negligence or turned up in court because their particular company structured as bankrupted people or turn up in court because their behaviour is unconscionable. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But when it comes to the trade unions and this Bodgy Royal Commission, which was instituted by the man in waiting, Mr Tony Abbott, you know, the great crusader, Taliban Tony, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting for Mr Turnbull to stumble and then he can jump back into his position as the preeminent Australian in this country, as Prime Minister of this country. Why isn't it? Why is it that we always see trade unionists in the gun, in the legal gun? Why is it the police are so, so, you know, you know, uh, preoccupied, the Department of Public Prosecution preoccupied with the prophetic activities of a few trade union activists? Why is it that we have all these media cameras turn up when two prominent, you know, CFMEU members, the President and, and his assistant, are arrested at their home in front of their families? Come on. The North Koreans couldn't do any better. This is what I call show trials. Wonderful show trials. And if you think, and if you think the Fairfax media is the, you know, the friends of the people, have a look at their editorials. Have a look at their position as far as the CFMEU is concerned. Have a look at their position as far as the Royal Commission is concerned. They've been pushing this barrow for a long, long time. Have a look. I mean, you're expected from the Murdoch media. But how many of you expected from the Fairfax media? At the end, they're from the same, same group, same club, same. They have the same genetic material. These are corporations, publicly listed or not publicly listed. These are corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders. They have no responsibility to the community as a whole. No legal responsibility to anybody else except their major shareholders. 
So no wonder one of the few organisational institutional structures which still continues to exist to protect workers' rights is under constant attack. No wonder every time legislation is passed which restricts the ability of Australian workers to withdraw their labour, you know, to benefit their conditions. We have the cheer squad and the corporate owned media and the government guild at ABC screaming their lungs out, saying, more, more. What do you expect? This is Australia in the 21st century. This is perception land. It's all about perception. You create the perception that trade unions are basically corrupt structures. You create the perception that if you withdraw your labour, you're some type of criminal. You create the perception that if you're an activist and you're involved in direct action, that you're a terrorist. You create the perception that if you're fighting to change practices, business practices which promote climate change, whether it's the coal industry or not, you are some type of environmental terrorist. And the list goes on and on and on. It's about creating perceptions in the public mind about institutions and people people know nothing about. I mean, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders have put up with this for two centuries. The perception... They've got nothing to offer. The perception, their organisations were corrupt. Remember what happened, you know, two decades ago or 15 years ago to their organisation that represented them. The perception that, you know, trade unions are criminals. The perception that activists are terrorists. It's all about creating that perception and you do it by repeating the same message over and over and over again in different guises on a day-to-day basis. You know, every week, every month, every year, the same message. So no wonder we find the investment class and the corporate class having such a wonderful time in God's own country, the land of milk and honey for some the land of Oz, the land down under. It's no wonder, isn't it? And you know why this has occurred? It's my fault and it's your fault. Because for far too long we are happy to sit on the sidelines and comment. And I love, I love the growth of the World Wide Web, the greatest commentary thing in the world. Comment, 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 comment. Click, click, click. Oh, I've solved the world's problems. You don't solve the world's problems by sitting in front of a computer screen. You don't solve the world's problems or your own problems by listening to a radio station or reading a magazine or a newspaper or watching a television program. You can have all the bloody knowledge in the world, but nothing is going to change unless you become active. And that's the beauty about Australia in the 21st century. We have sat on our collective butts for far too long waiting 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 nothing happens when you wait change comes from ordinary people and extraordinary people banding together and initiating 
that movement for change. Public interest before corporate interest is about change. It's about pushing that change forward. I mean, you can lose yourself in every peripheral issue in the world, but at the end of the day, what happens to a large degree is dependent on how tens of thousands of people are willing to come together to create the momentum to make our political representatives fear us more than they fear the corporate sector. Because currently their greatest fear is the corporate sector, the one percenters, turning their guns against them and ensuring they will become unelectable at the next election. Everybody's got a little picadillo hiding somewhere and I can assure you the corporate-owned media is very good at digging that up, especially when they pay people money to dig it up. So that's the dilemma. We've forgotten that we are the people we've been waiting for. We've forgotten that through human history that it's the radical activist who initiates change, who creates the momentum for change to become a reality. You think gay rights would have been a reality in 2015 without all those activists involved in campaigns in the 60s and 70s? You think sexism would have been an issue without the formation of the Women's Liberation Movement in the 60s and how that has continued to push for change in its many guises. But when it comes to the fundamental question of wealth and power, we don't see political movements growing. We may see a few throwbacks to the Dark Ages, talking about socialism and communism, but we don't actually see new, independent, vibrant, political and social movements growing, acting as a bulwark against changes which are occurring today. We don't see it. It's all about issues, issues. You could, you could win every issue in the world, but if you don't challenge that fundamental difference, nothing changes. And it happens every week, every week. The same message, as I said before. The North Koreans should send people down here to see how you do successful propaganda. Everybody in North Korea knows that it's propaganda, what they see on TV and read. But in Australia, we think it's independent analysis and news. We rip out huge chunks out of the historical records and pretend it's not there, pretend the frontier wars aren't there. You know, we rip out these huge chunks. The Eureka Rebellion had nothing to do with the democracy movement. Throw them away. And then we push it all together into a compact form which we can actually then discuss, look at, put on a television program and get rid of the big chunks. It's the same with this debate about the GST. Just extraordinary. It is extraordinary. We don't need a Minister for Propaganda we have the Minister for Propaganda in charge of what's actually happening. You just pick up a newspaper, look at the net, read, watch a television program, even pay for it if you want to, and you'll notice it's the same message all along. Give the private sector its head. 
deregulate, corporatize. It just goes on and on again. Privatize. It'll all work out in the wash. It'll be okay. And when you see the major political parties following the same mantra, irrespective of their historical beginnings, you begin to understand that change will not come by working up the right channels. Change will not come by putting a ballot in a ballot box. Change comes from pressure from below. It comes from people saying enough is enough. So when you see 10,000 people outside a magistrate's court in Melbourne, you begin to understand that change is possible. And it is possible because we have the desire for change. I mean, what is hope? but the marriage of desire or the love child of desire and expectation. And we hope and we know that change will occur in 2016 because I know you will start acting and stop listening. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052 You can email us at You can look at the website anarchistmedia.org Interested in public interest before corporate interest and I'd just like to read one short sentence just in case you're one of those people who thinks it's other people who are the problem not the corporate sector Membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious beliefs. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with inalienable rights and liberties. No government can legislate away or corporations take away. Don't forget the Chris, the end of year breakup for the Rent Collective, the West Papua Rent Collective. You're all invited midday to 4pm, Sunday the 13th of December at the Australian Catholic University Art Gallery at 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy in Melbourne. Turn up, free food, free entertainment, interesting people. Join the Wren Collective. If you've got, you got a friend who's got everything, I bet you they haven't got a membership to the, to the West Papua and Wren Collective. As I said before, a great membership to have. Turn up, get all the information. If you want to join, give me a call on 0439 395 489 or email me at com. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It is broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. I know, time is going. Flick, flick, flick. Remember, the festive season. Make a New Year's resolution in 2015. Get off that seat. Get off that computer. Stop listening to me. Become active. I'll see you somewhere in the streets, somewhere across Australia, sometime next year. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week. Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else Anarchist World this week Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse 10am every Wednesday 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.